In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Brads and Books. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin, and this is episode 112. We exist. Nice job on the 112, because I was remembering last time when I looked at the number. <laughs> could not get it out. Could not figure out what 111 was. 112. One, 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 yeah. And you just went straight for it, confidently said 112. 112. Way to go. Also known as 112. Indeed. Yes. Because we're at 112 episodes. 112. We people. exist for sure. And you know what? If you've listened to all 112 episodes, we love you. We love you. We love you. You're high on our love list. High. Yeah. Like top. And our love language is continuing to give you episodes. Yep, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yep, yep. So this week's song is We Exist yes. by Arcade Fire. Mm-hmm. I love this song. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, also excellent video mm-hmm. starring a younger Andrew Garfield. I will link to it. It's a beautiful video. I liked the idea of the theme of living your truth, mm-hmm. even if people deny you. And I think this is relevant to everything, every aspect of humanity. However, I will say it feels very relevant right now with all the anti-LGBTQ legislation going on, all the books being banned, the the don't say gay bill in Florida, Mm -hmm. because again, Mm -hmm. people don't understand how reverse psychology works. No, I'm constantly amazed that people think banning books works. Exactly. I, I just, I don't know. Okay, there's that old adage that everyone hates that's stupid, like no publicity or any publicity is good publicity. There's no such thing as bad. And I don't, people just don't apply that in this situation, but it's Mm -hmm. true. Yeah. I mean. Seriously, you ban a book. I'm interested. I want to see what it is. Yeah. I'm going to read that book. I buy it out of spite. Exactly. Spite. And you tell me, don't say gay. Guess what? I'm going to say gay. Gay, 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 gay. We're all gay. Actually, what I thought is there's that Christmas song that uses the word gay in terms yes. in the old definition yes. of meaning happy. Uh-huh. And what I thought was maybe we could start a counter campaign <gasps> that says that Ron DeSantis hates Christmas. <laughs> Ron DeSantis has declared war on Christmas. Yeah. Because yeah. he won't. I can't won't sing that gay. song. He won't say happy and gay. Yeah. I can't sing that song now. Oh, God. It's Bad integral news. to my Christmas celebration. <laughs> then the conservatives might turn around. Turn it around. I don't know. He really got them in a pickle, though, because he's trying to uh, tax Walt Disney World. You know, he wants yeah. to take away their special status. But he he didn't really follow that thought to the end, nope. which is that they pay for a lot of their own stuff that mm-hmm. now the taxpayers are going to have to pay for. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't really. It's like, you know, as a parent, when you say like you're grounded for 15 days and then you realize like you have to enforce that and you're screwed. <laughs> you have to be around them yeah. for 15 days. Yeah, he, he like did that. He was just like, ah, you don't have special <laughs> And they're like, cool, you owe us $3 billion. And guess what? 
central truth. Even if you say gay or not, gay still exists. It always has existed, yeah. always will exist. Yes. So this is a losing battle, my friend. So and you're just showing losing. your cards that you are part of an older generation that needs to die. It also, I hate to tell you, Ron, but it raises some flags. Sure does. I always start wondering, uh -huh. why are you so concerned uh -huh. with the gayness? You don't want to be called that, apparently. Uh -huh. But uh -huh. then, huh. huh. I really hope someday we find him in an airport bathroom with another man. Oh, yeah, I hope it's more spectacular than that. Yeah, I hope for that, sure. you know, he's doing the actual pizza gate. <laughs> Goes down in a spectacular <laughs> ring of fire because I don't, yeah. Yeah, it's gross, but it's also sad because it's it taking sad. aim at our kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what sucks is these kids are feeling targeted if they are identifying as gay in some way. Um, thankfully, there is the internet Mm -hmm. That will show them there's a whole wide world out there and you mm -hmm. can get the fuck out of Florida mm -hmm. when you get old enough. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't mean to belittle what is a very serious oh, issue. Oh, gosh. No, but and which it's is so stupid. Yeah, yeah. It's just so. And it, it's heartbreaking, really. Yeah. But, but you obviously, you know that the Brads and Books stance on banning books is sit down. Shut up and sit down. OK. <laughs> sit down. Sit down. Sit down. I saw the headline of an article that said, you know, after you know, parents are parents and community members, whatever, are or, uh, targeting school libraries. Now they're going after public libraries. Yeah. And mm -hmm. books there. And mm -hmm. again, public just don't libraries. understand mm -hmm. how it works, mm -hmm. why people read what they read, mm -hmm. and that I'm going to buy that book that mm -hmm. you ban. Mm -hmm. It's also very simple. Like, I, if you just take it down to, like, simple terms, like, hey... I don't like anyone else to give me the news besides Lester Holt. So guess what? Mm -hmm. I don't watch news on any other channel at 530 except for NBC. Mm -hmm. If I didn't like Lester Holt, I could just go to CBS and you watch sure it. You sure could. Because it's could just not watch choice. It. Yep. Mm -hmm. You just move on. You don't like it, that's fine. I don't like seafood. So guess what? <laughs> I don't go to a seafood restaurant. Yeah. I'm not saying you shouldn't like seafood. Yeah. Some people love it. Great. Good for you. Mm -hmm. I just don't go. See how simple that it is? It sure is. It's very simple. Also, I would like to know, you are only allowed to say that a book has to come out of the public library if you can prove that you have taken out at least 10 library books in the Ooh, last year. Ooh, I like that. If you have an active library card and like have actually used it, yeah. I'll even give you a once yeah. in the last year. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Then we can talk about what's in there. But if you have not, yeah, if you don't Yet partake. Again, sit down, shut up. Yeah. That's a good rule. Mm -hmm. Good rule of thumb. Because mm -hmm. I would imagine most people fail that. 100%. Fail hard. Hard. All this to say, those books exist. Gayness exists. All these things exist. All of the truths that we are, the people that we are, we exist, damn it. Mm -hmm. We matter. Mm -hmm. So all of our picks today are dealing with that. Dealing with your truth. Yes. Before that, though, I have a question for you. Yeah, Mary. yeah, yeah. We hear live your truth a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think that is good advice? Why or why not? <sighs> yes and no. Okay. Okay. Living your truth as an idea, great. Sure. I, I wouldn't want to take that away from anyone. The problem is, is that there's no direction. It's <laughs> like true. eat better. What does that mean? <laughs> like eat finer quality foods? Be happy. Eat, yeah. Be happy. Yeah. What does that even mean? <laughs> don't worry. What? How? <laughs> Like, I don't, I, I so agree non with this. specific. Yes. Not clear directions. Right. Yes. Yeah. Good call. It's great idea on the surface, but how do I do how that? How do I do it? Yeah. How do I continue to do it? I don't know. Please give me the instruction manual. Yes. Because what it looks like for a 40 something yeah. woman is that I just sort of eat it until I don't. <laughs> and then I have kind of a rage fest and then I just go back to nothing. So I don't know. I guess being, that's my truth. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. My truth is I have to pee all the time. So right. I don't want to live that truth, but I'm living it. You are. I'd rather not. Right. I don't necessarily want that to define me. So exactly. I don't know. But I don't know how to make people understand what does. <laughs> See, I'm just sort of in a quandary. See, you're just confused. I'm just confused. You just don't understand. No. Yeah, if there were clearer directions. Mm-hmm. A nice booklet, perhaps. Yes, just My a goodness. simple, even like a flow chart. Like, yes. Yeah, there no, you go. Yes, an infographic. Give me an infographic. Yes, yes, and I'm all over it. Great. Yeah. That would be terrific. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's how I feel about that. I mean, I think it's a great concept. Absolutely. Just 
needs more direction. It feels like it's one of those things that, you know, is easily said on social media and yes. by now has lost all meaning. Yeah. You know? I also feel like for a while it got used in kind of a condescending way, like, oh, she's just living her truth. Like Or like it's it's being used to make fun of people. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, live your truth. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, your truth oh, you're is too that sensitive. You're, stupid. you're too, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, well... Have you ever like tried to live your truth? Maybe you did claim it and then you got like denied. Like it didn't work out. Sure. Let me count some ways. For I was going to say okay. this has to be rife yeah. with examples. A funny one is I'm vegan, right? Mm-hmm. You. Oh, good point. You would not believe the amount of times that people a don't understand vegan, but once you give information, refuse to acknowledge it and refuse yeah. to serve such things uh-huh. at meals that that get very upset about the idea of not eating meat which yeah. is a very strange thing when it comes down to it it feels like there's some sort of weird judgment happening mm-hmm. they think there's some weird judgment on my part you know right. what i'm saying yes i'm just yeah. like i just don't want to do it i don't want to support yeah, factory farms fine. boom that's me yeah it's not a big deal and also vegan doesn't mean cheese I've witnessed a few of those yeah, occasions yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. I'm not vegan and it's hard for me not to lose it. It's like, okay. So that's a minor one. Mm-hmm. Silly one. Mm-hmm. Um, bisexuality. Mm-hmm. So I'm a bisexual person. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, I can't tell you, I should say how many times I've heard that bisexuality is a phase, mm. that it does not exist, mm-hmm. that it's selfish, mm-hmm. that it's greedy. Oh, it's greedy. That's greedy. Oh, my. I just want everything, Erin. I see. Everything. Okay. Got it. Got it. Also super slutty. So all of these things. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's, I guess that's me. Wow. When really all I'm saying is, hey, it's the person that matters, not the gender. Yeah. Right. So there's that. I'm, I'm like, I'm a little <laughs> flummoxed because I feel like someone's saying that either it's greedy or super slutty. Leads me to think that that says more about them. Like you Absolutely. are paranoid that you're not finding a partner and you are angry. Yes. Because you're assuming everyone else is getting all the good people. Yes. And I'm just stealing willy nilly. Just yeah, taking all the what? people. Taking them all. What? Yeah. Hmm. So those are some of the things. Okay. And then recently, like last year, when I discovered that I was autistic and I came out, one of the first things I got in response was, I would have never guessed you're so high functioning. Oh. And here's the thing that I've learned. At the time, I didn't quite have the language for why that was frustrating and yeah. why that felt weird because labels don't make a lot of sense. High functioning may, it, it, I, I think what that person was saying is that, man, you just seem to fit in the world so well. You can still do your job, blah, 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 blah. Okay, whatever. You're judging it by that. But what high functioning doesn't take into account is everything that's going on beneath the surface. Right. Like autism is very much under the skin. Mm -hmm. You don't see how much fucking effort it takes to get through a damn day. Especially for women. Yes. Mm -hmm. You don't see how much effort it takes to be in a corporate environment and to do all the things that you're supposed to do and be social and everything when everything is so confusing Mm -hmm. and when you're autistic you kind of have to do things manually you Mm -hmm. can't do things automatically like other people do so uh, that those kind of labels are very much like "Eh, you're not who you say you are yeah as well as like some people just ignoring it right which is also its own way of denying it yeah yeah Yeah. so from a scale of amusing to frustrating those are three of the things ugh but I exist, damn it. You do. My greedy, slutty, autistic self. Not eating cheese exists. <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? How dare you? All right. I got another question for you. Yeah, Aaron. yeah, yeah. We've talked a little bit, mm-hmm. including last episode, about how women of a certain age, mm-hmm. our age, mm-hmm. in our 40s, we have seemed to disappear into the ether. Mm-hmm. We are somewhat invisible mm-hmm. to the general eye. When did you first notice that women in their 40s are seemingly invisible to everyone else? It's like a collection of things, but one that really sticks out in my head is that I have a, a space issue in like lines or places that are busy. I don't like people 
pushing into me or yeah, bumping me, yeah. it, it makes me very uncomfortable and I, it really rises my stress level. And I have noticed that after a certain age, this happens all the time. It's like yeah. my physical body is actually not there. <laughs> like they're trying to plow through me and they're confused. Like they've hit a ghost wall and they don't know what it is. Like, like what is Like you're just a, like one of the rope holders or yeah, something. Like, like if I thing just push hard push. enough, yeah, then uh-huh. this person will go down and I can walk over this them. This shape in front of me will move. Yeah, yeah. or like they have no concept that I'm there yeah. like they'll just cut right in front of me or try to merge but they run into me because oh, guess what it wasn't a merging line it's just a line so yep. you start in the back that's how a line <laughs> works like I it's sort of irrational how angry I get but yeah. I get so mad about the line and I feel like that has gotten worse after I turned 40 like Absolutely. just the bumping and the cutting and the you don't exist it just seems to be very prevalent in those types of situations totally agree I've been there myself yeah. it feels like yeah that you know I mean our society values youth yeah. so much especially in women young hot women once we get to a certain age we should basically die yeah we should serve no purpose yes we gotta move out of the spotlight uh-huh gotta go away mm-hmm. we don't want to no one wants to see us mm-hmm. and it's frustrating because it's especially in situations where look it's like a signed scening it doesn't matter when we get into the auditorium or mm-hmm. the movie or the whatever like why are you pushing it doesn't make any difference or in line to get snacks I can see plenty of snacks. I can count the people. They're not going to run out. Calm down. But no. And I, f- I feel like that's also just an indicator of how much patience we've had to gather yeah. in our 40 some years that to some degree we like lines are lines. We're just we accept it. And it's very clear that other people have not had to do that. Exactly. And it's infuriating. It's infuriating. Because I'm a person. I'm we alive, exist. Damn it. And I would like popcorn just like everyone else. <laughs> And I waited my turn. You did. And there's some Twizzlers up there and I want them, damn it. I have never felt such a kinship with Milton from Office Space. Mm. Where just oh, the, yeah, Milton. I just want some cake. I just I just, just wanted want a piece steak. of cake. Just All I wanted cake. was a cake. Yeah. That's it. Just don't one t- piece. Don't take my stapler. And don't take my stapler. Because I'm not a ghost. No. I am a human I being. I am alive. <laughs> so that's, yeah. That Does one. that mean we're eventually going to set fire to an office? Because isn't that what Milton does? Maybe. I don't want to I, say never. I'm not going to rule it out. Yeah, yeah I'm not sure. going to rule yeah. it out. I'm not going to rule arson out ever. <laughs> so, okay, which is a downside, right? Of yeah, being invisible sure. or unseen. Are there times that you enjoy that? Yes, because you can do some hella people watching. Yeah. If no one sees you. Mm-hmm. You just sit in the background or be right in the middle of it and no one sees you and you're just watching people. Yes. It's delightful. It is. A couple weeks ago, when I did have to go in for jury service, mm-hmm. just for one day, thankfully, mm-hmm. I was not Thank called on to yeah. a trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but for the majority of that day, I was sitting in a conference room, you know, with a bunch of people and there was some weird behavior and I just got to watch it. Just got to sit there and watch it. See ya. I'm just here. Yeah. Because no one saw me anyway. No one seems to notice. They just start talking. And you're yeah. like, do you know I'm here? Exactly. Like, I'm right here. I'm right here. I can hear what you're saying. Yeah. But, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like we said last week. We be great investigators because we can just watch the shit out of people and no one spots us. I have thought about it time and time again. We are again. invisible superheroes. We are. Yeah. We're, we're, it's completely the best way to blend is just to be ourselves at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's both a blessing and a curse. Oh, yeah just like all the best things in the world i guess yeah maybe just like everything yeah. about being a woman is a blessing and a curse <laughs> mostly a curse mostly, i'm gonna yeah. say mostly yeah. thrown in our face in a terrible <laughs> way <laughs> our bodies betray us in every single way that is true yeah mm-hmm. well so as we mentioned the theme this week is called we exist mm-hmm. and for fiction i chose a big fat book mm. that just came out not too long ago and you've probably heard of it It's called Cloud Cuckoo Land Mm -hmm. by Anthony Doerr. So basically it follows five characters across Mm -hmm. centuries of time, all of whom somehow know and interact with an ancient Greek story. Okay. Okay. So there's Anna, who is an orphan living in 1400s Constantinople in what's now Turkey. Okay. She's living in a house of women who sew the robes 
for priests. Oh, okay. And but they can't do anything else. No one knows how to read. No one knows how to really do anything, right? Ah. But she is super restless and she wants more. So she does learn to read and she learns to steal. And she discovers an old monastery with all these crumbling books and one long lost tale from the Greeks. And the story is of a man called Athen who wants to be turned into a bird so he can live in a utopian paradise in the clouds. Cloud cuckoo land. Perfect. Okay. okay. So also in this time period is a young boy named Omer. And he grows up in small villages. And he has a facial deformity that makes people fear him. They are, oh. His family is literally driven out of his village because they're afraid oh, of what this young baby looks like. Oh. I know. Um, until the day he is conscripted into the Sultan's army as they make their way to seize and destroy Constantinople. Mm -hmm. Okay, fast forward. In 2020, there's a library in Idaho and a man in his 80s named Zeno is leading a group of kids in a play adaptation of the story of Ethan. Mm -hmm. Zeno was a prisoner of war a long time ago and he met the love of his life who taught him Greek and along the way, he discovered this little known story of Athon, and he turned it into this play for these kids. Also in 2020 is a very isolated teenager named Seymour, who's being groomed by a radical group. And oh. so he's planting a bomb in the library. Oh, no. Finally, a few hundred years from now, there's Constance. She is a teenage girl who is locked in a vault that's been controlled by an artificial intelligence on a colonial starship on the way to go away from Earth. Okay. She's alone, and she's somehow learning and writing the story of Ethan. Mm -hmm. So all these characters across time, there's connections, of course, and there's surprising interactions, and there's tons of twists as we learn about these people and as they get closer to interacting and as we learn more about this Greek story. And ultimately, over time, it's a story that is itself about the endurance of stories. No matter if you burn a book, no matter if you ban a book, it's going to survive. Right. So I chose it for this theme because each of our characters have been told that they are nothing. They are no one. Anna is a girl and she's a poor orphan. Omir, he's cursed because of how he looks, and he's poor. Zeno is gay. Seymour is a weird outsider, for lack of better words. And Constance, she's just a cog on the way to a better future out in the stars somewhere. But they exist. They have very rich interior lives. They're living through the ends of their worlds. They have lives that matter, and they're helping stories survive through the centuries just by, by their, their very lives. So it's a beautiful book, one that's really stuck with me. I just touched a little bit on each character because there's so much to learn and discover as you go on. And it's propulsive. It's a very thick book, but you read it real fast. Okay. And yeah, I can't recommend it enough. I have heard from mutual acquaintances that this is was like written for you. Like this is yes. right in your wheelhouse. Like <laughs> it just, really was. Yeah. yeah. And unfortunately, this was chosen for our book club and I didn't get to it in time. And so basically book club was everyone telling me like, Amy, you got to read this thing. What you got to read it. You got to do it. Which there was a part of me that was like, I don't want to read it now. But then I did. Right. And I'm glad that I did. Good. Okay. I don't know where that voice comes from. I have it the, too. The, you can't tell me what to do. Yeah. The minute you tell me I have to read, even if yeah. it's me telling me I to know. read a book, I get weird. I know. Why? I don't know what that is and I what it says either. about us, but I don't know. there it is. Yeah, there it is. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this week for fiction, it's a book called Ocean State by Stuart Onan. It was just published in March. And the first line of this book opens, and we find out that one of the four narrators for the novel is explaining that her sister helped murder someone. Oh, and now she's going to tell us the story. And we kind of work backward from there. So they, like I said, this takes place with four narrators. We have Angel, who is Marie's older sister. And Marie is one of the narrators we hear from. And Angel is the one that helped murder someone. Carol is Angel and Marie's mother, who's just like trying to get by. Like she went through a divorce. She's trying to raise these two girls. She's trying to find love herself. And she's kind of just flailing. And then we hear from Birdie, who is the victim of this murder. Mm. Uh, and we hear from Angel as well. So we hear from each of them as we move through the story. They're growing up in Ashway, Rhode Island, which is a working class town that expands huge during tourism season because all these people come into their lake houses, ocean houses, and then 
all of them leave again. So it's a very small town and then a very big town. So it's kind of got that influx all the time. And But why the town itself is very working class. There's not a lot of wealth actually there. So they it takes us through that, takes us through some of the issues with that. And then we really focus on Birdie and Angel. And they're both kind of struggling in their own way, but they happen to fall in love with the same guy. Mm-hmm. And they both have very different experiences with him. Carol, on the other hand, the mother of Angel and Marie, she is trying to get a job that's going to have enough money for both of them she's worried about the future she's worried about her own mother she's worried about a guy having a relationship that's successful she's worried about both of her daughters but she's also in that mode where she's worried but she's not really taking action so she's not paying a lot of attention sometimes what they're doing or she's more caught up in dating and kind of figuring out this new landscape and the whole time you have Marie the younger sister who's just watching this all happen and kind of making these observations without being involved in the action at all. So it's set in like 2009. So it takes you back a little bit. And I can't tell you much more than that without giving away all of the murder and all that stuff. But I will tell you that the murder is a very, is a small part of what the book in my Hmm. head is actually about. Because what it's actually about is all of these women who are trying to live what they want to yeah but their circumstances or where they live or the other people around just aren't quite letting them like they keep trying but they keep getting put back into this box and at some point you just have no choice but to to stay there and make the best of it so i i feel like they're each searching for something that they can't quite get like birdie just really wants to be loved she thought she found that angel wants control so bad over a life that she feels like is just happening to her and marie just wants to be noticed she just wants someone to pay attention and none of those things are really going to happen or they're going to happen in a way that they didn't expect. So I flew through this book. I thought it was very propulsive because you're very interested in the story and how it's unfolding. But also going through each of those narrators and each of them is moving the story forward. It was an interesting way to read it. And it also was propulsive in its own way because mm-hmm. you want to keep getting to the next woman's story. And I want to come back to her. And what is she thinking about this? So I really enjoyed it. I've never read anything by him. Um, I guess that he has quite a few other books, but this is the first one I picked up and I would highly recommend it. Excellent. Yes. I love too, especially the idea, like I, when you were talking about, um, especially the women trying to, just be who they are and yeah. live their lives. My first thought was how live your truth has become sort of a social media, almost a cliche, especially yes. for women. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe it's because, you know, we as women just aren't believed very often. Like mm-hmm. we try to live the way we want to, but mm-hmm. we're constantly told we need to do different. Mm-hmm. We need to live different and we're not really seen. Well, and I think that also, which is kind of, in a way hit on in this book is that live your truth also assumes that your truth is positive and sometimes it isn't like I I think a lot about Carol the mother in this and she desperately wants a relationship and she's sometimes not making great decisions in terms of her daughters and some people would say like oh geez you know you need to be paying more attention and that's probably true but on the flip side she really truly wants a relationship. So if she wants companionship, she's trying to live that truth. Yeah. But then because society tells her that isn't what she should be focused on, she's sort of making bad decisions because yeah. she's not waiting for the right thing. She doesn't feel like she has that amount of time. She's sort of stuck in this loop of wanting to do something, but she can't really do it all the way. Mm-hmm. And it's causing her to not do things on this side because some people might perceive her truth to be negative. Yeah. And then feeling guilt for wanting the yes. things that you want. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's very true too with, with Marie. Like she is a very kind of a loner in a lot of ways. She's watching a lot of the action and people would say that that's a passive way to live life. Like, oh, she should be more involved. And yes, she wants more attention, but at her heart as a person, I, as a reader, I never felt like she really wanted to be super involved in any action or have a bunch of friends or be overly social. She was pretty content with how she was living, mm-hmm. but people would say, well, you're not experiencing life. You're not doing what you should. So in a way, then her truth would be negative. So everybody's got your life figured out. Everyone. Everybody does. Everyone knows exactly what you need and what you should do. Especially if you're a female. Especially. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've got another genre pick that actually engages with that idea oh. a lot. Yeah. Um, it's called I Am, I Am, I Am. 17 oh. Brushes with Death. Oh, gosh. By Maggie O'Farrell. Mm-hmm. And this came out in 2017. And she's the author of a number of novels. And this is more of a, a memoir. Okay. And the title pretty much says it all. This is about 17 times that she brushed up against death. Good Lord. And what that meant for her life. Ah. And this book is organized by the part of the body and the year. Oh, interesting. (laughs) You know, right? It's so cool. So we get exact, for example, we get a chapter on lungs in 2003 when the author is swimming with her son and almost drowns. Oh, my gosh. We get a chapter on brain in 1980 when she's eight years old and she contracts encephalitis and spends a year bedridden and almost dies. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, We get a whole body chapter in 1993 when she's flying to Hong Kong to try and find some direction in her life and the plane just starts to plummet. It's terrifying chapter. Oh, my gosh. But also we get some really scary brushes with being attacked. There is a walk with her husband where a man puts a knife to her neck and demands their money. There's a moment, a terrifying moment, when she's pulled over on her road, trying pulled over on a road in her car, trying to nurse her newborn, and two men come out of the bushes and start running towards the car. Oh my gosh. And then there's the very first story when she's a teenager, she's alone on a hike, and a man follows her. It is so fascinating because each story also tells about who she was at that time in her life, how that brush with death changed her, why she keeps (laughs) butting up against death from some of the choices that she's making. And I chose it for this theme because I think these moments are all intensely personal and they change her. But other people may not see that or may not believe it. Mm -hmm. For example, that first story where she's on a hike and a guy starts following her, she knows immediately, even at 18 years old, she senses danger because Uh we all know, we can sense this. Uh We have been raised to be very sensitive to danger from men, especially. So she escapes the situation and she reports the man, but the police don't do anything with it. They don't believe her. They don't think it's dangerous. They're like, well, why do you think he was dangerous? Until a few weeks later some detectives come around and reveal the guy has killed another woman (gasps) yeah oh my gosh yeah it's a gut-wrenching moment because then she's like that that absolutely could have been me maybe it should have been me yeah how you know how do i live with that in another example she's pregnant and because she had encephalitis when she was a kid the doctors then warned her that this has affected her entire life and they warned her that when she was pregnant or, or that when she would have children in the future, natural labor probably isn't going to work because of the disconnect of some, you know, neurons and stuff in sure. the body. So she's been warned that labor won't progress. And she tells her medical team this, but the doctor doesn't believe her. And so she and the child almost end up dying because they don't believe her. And they keep letting labor go and go and go for days. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So there's this element of belief here, right, Mm -hmm. in who she is and what happens to her that is just continually denied, which then makes her even more affected by the experience and may impact other experiences in the future. So I think this book is sort of the ultimate, like, I exist, damn it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Listen to me. Mm -hmm. Listen to my experiences. Listen to what I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, yeah, I think it's, it's such an interesting concept of a memoir. It's such a... Um, unique way of telling a story and you you get to know this woman quite well yeah and yeah I haven't read anything like it really it reminds me when you're talking about you know the I exist and the labor and those things it, it reminds me somewhat of kind of the things that get said after especially when the me too movement yes. when that was starting where people would say like well is this gonna go too far like exactly. now we're gonna have people saying things that didn't really happen exactly. or things that weren't meant that way and the best response i ever heard to that was okay let's get there mm-hmm. let's get to the place where there's more fake accusations Absolutely. than there are real and yes. then that's something we can talk about yes but so far statistically <laughs> that's not the case that's not the case and, and that's never been the case yeah no and it reminds me of that with labor like why don't you believe me let's yes. take that road because yeah. it's a better road neither me nor my child are going to die in the area where you believe me mm-hmm. we're over here we could so why don't exactly. we take the safer road exactly it's just 
mind boggling. This was also a weird situation where apparently this woman is based in the UK, by the way. Mm. And in the UK, apparently there was a campaign where they thought women were having too many C-sections and it was too like it was based on vanity. Right. So she's saying she probably needs a C-section because this labor won't progress. And the doctor's like, yeah, no, no, no. Why do you think you need a C-section? That's stupid kind of thing. Like, what the hell? What are you? (laughs) Why are? Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, why why are you going this way when this could be safer? Like, why are you not? What's the just because you want to be right? Yeah, exactly. It, It also reminds me, which is something that I've seen a lot about lately and is is an area that you know, I can fully admit I have privilege that other people don't have. In pregnancy, a lot of minority women die during childbirth. It's a startling number because they're not believed. When there's extreme situations where they're in incredible amounts of pain or they know something's wrong and they cannot get a medical professional to believe that. Somehow there's this stereotype that they are hysterical Mm -hmm. or they're not being honest. Again, why wouldn't you just believe that? Yeah, person? why wouldn't you just give them a benefit of a doubt? Yeah, start from What's there. What's it going to hurt? Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it, there's so much stuff here. It's it's really remarkable, and uh, over time too, you can see her start to get more confident in saying like, "I exist." Damn it, listen to me. Yeah, you know, and yeah, it's a great book. Oh, it sounds amazing. I love the format. Yeah, I know, right? So cool. Yeah. I was immediately attracted to that. Yeah, yeah, I would be too. Done. Well, for other genre, I have a book called Binge, 60 Stories to Make Your Brain Feel Different by <laughs> Douglas Copeland. I want to make my brain feel different. Right? Yeah. So this was published October 2020. Don't be scared off that it's 60 stories because they are short. Okay. They are like quick bites in and out. Um, but they're all kind of centered around like existential crisis Ooh, in a weird okay. way, yeah. which sounds terrible, but is so funny and poignant in this book and so thought provoking. Like the title doesn't lie. The story will end and you'll be like, huh. <laughs> I mean, I caught myself thinking about different characters of what was going on forever. And he said that it was inspired by the way we write about ourselves and our own experiences in online forums that he was on. Like he would oh, see things boy. and be intrigued as why someone would describe something that way. Kind of the idea like, this is how I view it. This is my perspective. So that's really what's happening in this is all the stories are kind of written from a very specific perspective. Like as an outside reader, you could say, I bet that's not how that happened. <laughs> but that's that person, which is also the problem with living truth, right? Yeah. All of our truths are different. Even if it's the same thing. Yep. If you and I witness a murder, our truth about that murder is going to be different. Yeah. Because we're going to have a different perspective or we're going to have noticed different details or we're going to feel differently about why it happened. And what I like about it is that some of the characters tie in story to story. Like you'll meet a character here and then you'll meet someone else that meets them at a different time. So you're kind of always connected to it, but you're also it's new people. And it really plays with that idea that different perspectives are going to give different truths. And Mm -hmm. who's to say which one is right and which one is wrong. So... I will tell you going in, there's going to be people that you don't like, just like in real life. You're like, that's a terrible viewpoint or that's a terrible perspective. But I love that he included that Mm -hmm. because I think sometimes we need that to, to feel uncomfortable. We don't need to always read the same thing. You know, it helps you form thoughts, form opinions, explain better why you know that that's wrong. Mm-hmm. And it was, in this case, sometimes hilarious. Mm. So I, it's great. It reads so quickly. I know 60 stories sounds crazy, but I'm telling you, you're going to get a couple in and just want to keep going because some of them are just funny. I like the idea, too, that we automatically think existential crises are bad. Yeah. But really, maybe it's just us opening our eyes to different like ways of being. Maybe it's yes. us finally living our truth. Exactly. There's a there's a story about a guy who sets cars on fire <laughs> as a living to burn what? bodies. What? Yeah, he's in charge of. He's like has this kind of like a hitman, but then he burns the evidence, and it goes through this woman who he starts dating. It's from her perspective, and she finds this out. And instead of being horrified, she's completely impressed because he knows all these things. Like if you fill it with packing peanuts, it burns faster, which means there will be no evidence. Like all the and she's just fascinated by it. Okay. Mm -hmm. I mean, objectively, yes, it is fascinating. However, as a potential romantic partner, that's terrifying. Right. 
He's going to burn you with packing peanuts. Burn your body. Yes. There's another one where a wife is just decides like, there's no way out unless my husband dies. (gasps) And so she hires a hitman (laughs) to just run over him when he's on a run and no one thinks anything (laughs) about it. And it's her perspective of going through the two days after his death of the funeral of just like, no one knows what I did. Like, I got away with this. Oh my God. Like, I have to pretend that I'm sad, but also... I'm not. So <laughs> how do I do that? Yeah, it's amazing. And that story jumps right to a story of a guy who writes obituaries for a newspaper and is describing the weirdest phone call he ever had. And it was from some wife whose husband died and she didn't seem sad at all. And she asked some of the weirdest questions. <laughs> <laughs> so genius, some of that stuff. Wow. Yeah, it's great. It's a it's an interesting like short story form too to play mm. with, but can we go back to the burning yeah, the car? Okay. The carbacues is what they call it. What? Yeah. <laughs> carbacues. So that's an occupation. That yes. is a job. I don't know how you fall into that, but interesting. I don't interesting. think that's like on Indeed, but <laughs> So you can't put a resume out there for a carbacue? So. Yeah. I don't think so. But... I mean, you can mm-hmm. always try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that of the whole hitman process, he's a a very specific supply chain vendor. Like he's the one that's going to take care of the. Like I got this. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he's going to be played by Harvey Keitel in a movie. He should be. Yeah. Yeah. He should Mm -hmm. be. That would be amazing. Yeah. He should be. Yeah. In a weird way, speaking of movies, it reminded me of uh, I Heart Huckabees, if you've ever read that. I remember you talking about it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Just in a weird way, like in a kind of all these characters living their lives, having different perspectives. Some of them are off the wall and you're like, what are you doing? But I mean, it also feels very accurate to life. Yeah. So... Like if you just rounded up 60 people at a grocery store and told you to tell, told them to tell you the weirdest story that's happened to them, can you imagine the 60 things you'd get? It'd be insane. It'd be very entertaining. Yeah. And that's kind of what this feels like is you're just, and it's enough like you're dipping in and out. So you're not really asked as a reader to necessarily connect or to have any emotional investment. You're more just like, what? (laughs) And then you move on. You're like, Wow. And then you think about it for a while. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's a book idea for us. Like we need to go to a high V and just do exit interviews for the random people coming out. Like what's the weirdest thing that ever happened to you? Yes. We would have a blockbuster on our hands. I think so. I think you could also do the follow up to that could be us just looking at people's carts when they leave. We find the weirdest thing we've ever seen someone buy. (gasps) Why? I just need to know one sentence. Why that? Why why you bought that? Yeah. One sentence. Uh I just need one. Maybe hit other stores too, like the dollar store. I'm sure there's some weird, yeah. weird things that come out. So why'd you get that? Yeah. I think Goodwill. Oh, has the pe- definitely. Has the chance of people buying some things. That Even hardware stores. Ooh. Like why, why'd you get that? And then you got the cagey guy that runs away. Yes. Why'd you get that bone saucer? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. They probably. <laughs> <laughs> I think I meant to say like a. Uh, saw. A saw. But we know you're going to use it for bones. We assume you're using yeah. it for bones. Right, yeah. right, right. So they don't sell just bone sauce at uh, Home no, Depot? No, I don't think okay. that's like what the label <laughs> says. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe at a like, medical facility. Yeah, maybe. Like, maybe they call that a bone saw. Or maybe saw, just Bernard's. Who knows? I, yeah. You I'll, think? I, I could ask Mike, but I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. That's the truth I'm going with. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also kind of like the idea that maybe midlife crisis is just uh, like recognizing like, oh, I'm existing in a way that like I'm not supposed to or that like people are telling me might be bad and yeah. that I need to be okay with this. Yeah. Or I'm I, gosh, I've lived half my life and I don't feel authentic or exactly. feel like anyone knows me. Yeah. So it's like this need to just be like, okay. And if you're a guy, you get a penis mobile or a um, penis space shuttle. Yes. Or you buy Twitter. Or you buy <laughs> <laughs> Or yeah, buy Twitter. For free speech, Aaron. Free speech. Yes, because one guy owning yep, Twitter is that's ex- not scary at all. Exactly what free speech needs. Yes. I just I had many thoughts about that this week I of did Mr. Too. Elon Musk. I really wanted to be in the room. Yeah. With the whoever at Twitter is making that final decision. Yeah. And I just wanted the first five minutes of that meeting because, you know, it was just like, what are we what doing? What is this? What do we do? OK, well, we do have to talk. It's billions. So we do have to talk about it. But seriously, yeah. are we doing this? Are we doing it? Are we him? doing this? Him? Him? God, of all the people, him. Yeah, him. I mean, if there was ever a reason to get off Twitter. 
uh, yeah, in fact, I took that this week as the reason to get off Twitter. So. Yeah. Bye bye. Yeah, it's kind of one of those. It things. sucks anyway. And now if it it's owned by this suck. guy, yeah, it does suck. Ugh. I'm struggling. I got to be honest across the board with social media. I think yeah, it started too. in the pandemic, but I am. Sometimes I'll open it to scroll and I shut it right away. Shut I just right get away. like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Twitter, I can't stand. Facebook makes me feel ill every time I do it. Okay. Instagram, I enjoy it because I follow people I don't know, basically. Okay. Which yeah. is great. Yeah. I need to I need to hone my Instagram a little bit so it's more it's, fun Instagram stuff. is pets and comedians. Yeah. That's all you need. Yes. Yeah. See, that is all I need. Yeah. That is all I need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's my Yeah, truth. Twitter feels like a cage match. It really does. It feels like every single thing is starting a fight yes. for no good reason. Yeah, and you don't need to. You don't need that. You don't need to. There is no cage, no. sir. No, there You're is. trying to create a cage. Yes. There isn't one. There's not a cage. No. There's Unless Elon implements a cage of some sort. Hmm. Maybe his thing is he starts actual death matches like in the International Space Station or yeah. something like who who knows with him. You know what also feels OK. Elon Musk <laughs> has created somewhat of a decent product, right? I mean, he's trying with the environment, with the electric Yeah, but car. now I don't want to buy anything No, from him. right. You don't. Yeah. He's ruined it. He's ruined he's it. He's ruined it because he's a guy and he he's had a great <laughs> idea and he took it too far. It and too now far. he thinks every idea that pops into his head is yes. great. Yes. See, what he needs here is if that were a woman that invented a Tesla. Yeah. She would be refining that car every single day yes. because she would be afraid and it wasn't every good enough. single American buy it. Yes. Yeah. She'd be like, it's still not good enough. It's still yes. not. She wouldn't be like, you know what I should do today? Buy Twitter. No. Right. She has a journal where she writes down all of her ideas so she doesn't say the stupid ones out loud. <laughs> and that's what we don't have. Exactly. We have She's someone... not flying millionaires out to space. No. We have a guy who thinks everything he says is smart and should That's be a adored. Very good point. And that is a very typical male behavior. I'm sorry. Absolutely it just it is. is. It, it really is. is. It shows what happens when you give men billions of money. Yes. Billions of money. Billions of monies. <laughs> monies of billions. <laughs> so many billions. Billions and billions. And now you think you can just buy all you can. Thing. Yeah. Well. I think. This week, we should just declare we're buying all the libraries so that no one can Let's take do books out of it. Yes, buying you're right. Buying system. them all. And then just let people figure out, oh, can you buy the library system? Is that a thing? We How's say it is. Work? Yeah, we say mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. So, is. Des Moines Public Library brought to you by Broads and Books. But <laughs> <laughs> we own it. Everyone be like, wait. <laughs> wait, is that real? <laughs> no. Is that wow, I didn't know. I would have been on it had I known. <laughs> well, I've got a pop culture pick. Ooh. About a rich dude that doesn't know what to do with his monies. <laughs> huh. Not billions, but oh. monies. Anyway. I have told you about this show a lot. Our flag means death. You have. And I, this it is, is on our list. This is on HBO Max. Came out this year. There's 10 episodes in the first season. They're all out. It is ready for your binging pleasure. And you should. Because mm -hmm. I am in love with this hilarious, ridiculous show. Because it also sneaks up on you and it makes you feel all sorts of feels. Mm -hmm. This is created by Taika Waititi and Reese Darby. And it's actually based on a real story. Steed Bonnet was a wealthy landowner in the early 1700s in the Caribbean. He had a wife and kids. And one day he decided to chuck it all, run off and become a pirate. Which is the best midlife crisis ever. As one does. Yes. Mm -hmm. So... This is very loosely adapted from the true well, story. I assume. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So in the show, Steed builds a crew of outcasts and bottom of the barrel people. Mm -hmm. And he's intent on being a more modern pirate. Mm -hmm. He, for example, pays them a weekly wage. Wow. He leads his pirate crew in group activities like sewing new flags. Okay. He encourages them, instead of bottling things up, to talk things out oh, as a crew. Okay. He's a very modern man. Yes. He also builds his pirate ship, which, by the way, pirates need to steal a ship to be a pirate. But he builds one. He builds a pirate ship. Right. So, he, yeah, by definition. Right. Right. He's more of a sailor at this point. <laughs> <laughs> he builds his ship with a full library wow. and a wardrobe. A library on a boat. Yep. Yep. Uh -huh. Keep going there. Yeah. Okay. And he insists on making himself known as the gentleman pirate. 
<laughs> I like what he's up to. I do. I do. So over the first couple episodes, he keeps butting up against the notions of what a pirate should be. Yeah. And he has run-ins with other pirates, including Leslie Jones, who plays Spanish Jackie, who has 19 husbands. 19! I'm in. One of them is Fred Armisen. I'm all the way Her favorite husband. Yeah. Yeah. And then the most brutal pirate of all hears about this guy and is utterly fascinated. Like, what is up with this dude? So we meet Blackbeard, who is played by Taika Waititi. And then we get this enormously entertaining and silly show, but also this very touching buddy comedy, which eventually develops into a romantic comedy. Oh. Mm Mm-hmm. So in addition to Steed and Blackbeard, the crew is made up of a cook that keeps wanting to chop arms off, a scribe, an outlaw masquerading as a pirate, Mm -hmm. a Swede that sings like an angel, (laughs) a sailor that likes to moonbathe naked and talk to his buddy Seagull. Perfect. And so much more. Wow. And I chose it for this theme because Steed, I mean, as silly and as funny as it is, Steed knows that he was made for a different life than the one that he's supposed to live. And he's called crazy when he leaves his life. And then when he tries to be a pirate and when he falls for uh, another pirate and the world is telling him to be not or telling him not to be who he is. Mm -hmm. And we learn over the course of the show that this applies to almost everyone. They are all being put in a box and trying desperately to get out. And I love that there are just multiple relationships that are not hetero in this show. And among this band of outcasts and pirates, it's just sort of like it's celebrated. It's just like, yeah, that's just like what it is. It is, as I said, hilarious. There's so many random things. And I want you to watch it just so we can quote those back to each other. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, these two have been making movies and shows for a long time. They're behind... um, uh, what we do in the shadows, mm-hmm. which is such a wonderful show or movie, and uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. So you may have seen it on HBO Max. Not sure what to do with it. Do it. Do it. Do it. He's changing the pirate culture from the inside. He sure is. Yeah, I like he exists. That. Damn it, he exists. Well, this week I binged a show that came out on Netflix from a book that I've previously recommended. Oh called Anatomy of a Scandal. Yeah, you did. And I was worried. I'm not going to lie. I loved that book, and I thought that that book was nuanced and beautiful in so many ways. I just wasn't sure how that was going to adapt to screen. I was Mm -hmm. nervous. But it's brilliant. They did an amazing job. They took liberties exactly where they needed to. They took some weird film decisions exactly where they needed to. Um, And I truly, I am telling you that I watched all the episodes so fast because it's so great. And I really, truly loved the book, but I also think that this offers a lot as well. Um, if you d- don't remember, the book is about, um, uh, it takes place in the UK and he's in government and he gets accused of, first it just comes out that he had an affair mm-hmm. with someone that works for him. Then it comes out that she has filed rape charges against him. So now he's on trial and it's about his wife trying to figure out because he's saying none of you know he said yes I had the affair but it was consensual so it's about kind of how the government takes this on it's about his past but it's also a lot about the wife trying to decide what this means for her in her life like she believes in him wholeheartedly because not believing in him means that she made some sort of mistake yeah yeah so she's struggling with that and I feel like even more so than in the book they did a great job of really showing that decision making that she had to do the whole time and how living your truth can mean different things at different times like you can think at the you know something like no this is important to me and I'm taking a stand and it's okay as you learn more to say you know what no Mm -hmm. that's not okay my I I don't no I don't want to stand behind you now so it's really interesting it's great to see on screen Sienna Miller plays Sophie Whitehouse the wife and it's wonderfully done so, Excellent. Highly recommend. Of course, I recommend the book, but I also highly recommend the series. It's so rare when you can love both yes. equally. Yeah. 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 And in different ways, I think. Mm-hmm. It, it, they're both propulsive in different ways. Yeah. But bringing those characters to life, I thought they did a great job. Um, it is very interesting to watch their criminal justice system because it feels like what ours should be. It's so much more proper and 
professional and like courtesy like there's courtesy what yeah even between the lawyers like they're very kind to each other they're not disparaging they're not you know they're just presenting the case and here's what it is and you decide and it that is a fascinating way to hmm. do that in my opinion hmm. mm-hmm. very interesting well, good job i'm glad that it lived up to it did expectations yes it, and it remind me of one more thing about living your truth is that sometimes just one thing can change your perspective enough that you realize you were looking at it incorrectly. Yeah. Like her whole life is turned upside down and things that she loved about her husband before, now she's seeing a different side to it. And it's the very same thing. He's still doing the same thing he always did, but now it feels different to her or it hits different because because you see it. Yeah. You realize like, wait a minute, is that what I always thought it was? Or is it something else? I'm happy for you. It was great. It was great. (laughs) And Mike Andrade, he has not read the book and he loved it. So good. There's another recommendation for you. Not that Mm. I would say you should always take his recommendations, Mm. but yeah. Well, as we know, Mike is often late with his recommendations. Late to the party. Uh Uh (laughs) Tell us what he's watching these days. Sopranos. Yeah. For the first time. 25 Mm -hmm. years later. For the first Uh time. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. I mean. Yep. Go for it, buddy. Mm-hmm. And I have to be very careful because I watched it a long time ago. Yes. And so I know characters that are going to meet untimely demises. Uh-huh. And I keep having, he'll start talking to me about something. And I'll be like, I don't remember <laughs> when that Does happened. that guy live? I don't want to tell you. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Or have you got to the point where this character dies? Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. I have to kind of like tiptoe around the questions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that he's rediscovering treasures of yore. Exactly. Yeah. Who knows what it'll come up with next? The Dick Van Dyke show? I don't know. I don't know. He's sort of going back in time because he was doing Lost. Uh Uh-huh. And now he's gone back to Sopranos. Mm -hmm. I mean, he could just keep going back and back and back. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? We could be on. Has he seen the X-Files? Oh, probably not. Oh, shit. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably a good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Twin Peaks. That's what I was thinking of. Twin Peaks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I couldn't come up with the word. I was like, twin something and I can't get there. Jeez. Cripes. Oh, boy. We exist, Aaron. We do. All these books exist. They do. Banning books doesn't mean they won't exist. No. no. <laughs> nope. Not saying gay doesn't mean that, you know, gay, gay and trans exist. people won't exist. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We exist, damn it. So if we've learned anything from today, mm-hmm. it's, again, that people don't understand reverse psychology. No. They sure don't. No. Nope. No. Nope. The people that should. The people that should. Really don't. Really don't. Really, really don't. Yep. So maybe by the next time we come back, we'll own the Des Moines Public Library. Let's hope. Yeah. We might buy Twitter. Oh, we might. We I can might. scrape together some dough. I'm saying maybe we'll buy the state of Florida. What? It's probably cheap. Probably yeah. real cheap. Probably so cheap. And then <laughs> Disney's just going to secede yeah. as a little like, you know, oh nation in and of itself, like the Vatican in the middle of Florida. Oh. And then Florida will be real cheap. What if our 51st state was Walt Disney, Disney World? <laughs> and that's actually the state name. And it'll include Universal Studios and all the other stuff, right? Will it? Probably not. Probably not. No. Maybe there's going to be multiple nation states. Yeah, because I imagine Universal will want in on that. So yeah. then they'll be like, well, we're the 52nd. It's called Universal. <laughs> and I don't know what that does for the California parks because they're out there in California just living their lives. Living their lives. And they're like, well, yeah, I mean, we have the name Walt Disney, but we're not the state. We're not that one. Not no. to be confused. No. We kind live of in like a there's a state. Des Moines County in Iowa, but it's not it's where Des Moines <laughs> is. Yeah. Yeah. That. 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 That mm-hmm. logic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we'll own Florida. We'll keep you posted. Uh, if you hear anything about it being up for auction or sales. Yeah. Tip us off. that information. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Until then. Happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... To me, I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. 
cause their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.